Welcome everyone to Asian Pacific Voices Radio, where you'll find stimulating conversations that explore diverse topics and stories impacting our communities. I'm your host today, Sheena Yap Chan. I am thrilled to have Nanda Mehta join us today, the remarkable founder and managing director of AHANA, a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving the South Asian community in San Diego. Nanda's charismatic personality has shown through numerous events she has hosted in San Diego since 2015. Over time, Ahana's mission has expanded to become a local and global community service organization focused on spreading awareness and fostering acceptance in the South Asian culture. Welcome, Nanda, to Asian Pacific Voices Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me today. Of course. First of all, I believe this year marks the ninth uh, year anniversary of Ahana, correct? That is correct. Well, congratulations. We appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us today. I understand you are a first-generation Indian American. When and what brought you to the U.S.? I moved to the U.S. because my parents had already emigrated here, um, and we moved here in 1979 and uh, from India uh, via Africa. So I've been brought up all over the world. Um, so that's what brought me to America. Thanks for sharing that. And can you share the story behind the establishment of AHANA and what motivated you to start this nonprofit organization in San Diego? So I have been involved with um, community service and nonprofits um, since I was 19, uh, even earlier than that. But uh, when I lived in Seattle, I was involved with another um, organization, um, first as a corporate sponsor through my business, and then secondly, as a um, volunteer. And then finally, I got involved, um, more more involved with the organization and performed uh, my story on Yoniki Bath. And so when I moved to San Diego, that is what I wanted to bring to San Diego was launch Yoniki Bath. And um, that was the main purpose of creating AHANA. Would you be able to explain a little bit what Yoni Kibat is for our listeners? So Yoni Kibat literally translates into the talk of the vaginas. So this is the South Asian version of Eve Ensler's The Vagina Monologues. Um, in about in 2003, um, some ladies who called themselves the South Asian sisters in San Francisco approached Eve Ensler and said they wanted to create the vagina monologues in the South Asian, you know, diaspora. And uh, she, they got her blessings. It's a registered trademark, Yoniki Bath, and they launched it in San Francisco, which they still do every year. And then a couple of years later, it was launched by another nonprofit in, in Seattle. Then I brought it to San Diego, and there is one more chapter. I believe it's in Chicago. These are all independent, where we, we have nothing to do with, with each other. But the integrity of the story of Yoniki Bat, you know, is what was created by Eve Ensler years ago. Thanks for sharing that. And Ahana also offers a program called Empowering Women. Can you provide more details on this program and how it supports women in the community? So a year after Yoniki Bat was launched, um, we created a free networking event for entrepreneurs, um, 
cottage industry owners like, you know, um, jewelry making, you know, arts, crafts, photography, any of that. We created that for women to come together and share their profession, their passions and and support each other and even um, uh, uh, help each other to create their own uh, little entrepreneur. And so it women it's it's women that are empowering other professionals, other art, you know, small cottage industry entrepreneurs. So this is a free event that we we just sort of harbor that collaboration uh, between all the um, all the communities in the South Asian diaspora. That's awesome. And I know networking is something as Asian women we don't normally do, which is really essential, especially as an entrepreneur, being able to make connections, relationship, businesses, um, getting clients, right? And having that skill is important. So I love that you have that integrated into your women's program. Um, so Ahana also emphasizes the importance of promoting cultural awareness and diversity. What initiatives or events does Ahana organize to celebrate and educate others about different cultures? So unique about this, uh, the prime example, the main focus of that is that it brings out stories that are, you know, not generally discussed amongst, uh, you know, I I guess I should say in salons or, you know, get togethers or something. Uh, People don't talk about some of the subjects that we bring out. And it may be that every other culture has the same you know, same things going on, whether it's marriage or divorce or um, domestic violence or being abused or whatever. Everything is the same across every culture. But what is unique about the South Asian culture, what it brings um, is like the cultural background, like, you know, some things we talk about, some things we don't talk about. We don't talk about why we want children, why we don't want children, why we can't have children, why we got abused by a family member. These things are not opened out. So the the whole purpose of uh, bringing the awareness of these things that still exist in every culture with the context of the South Asian culture as a background uh, as to why, you know, so that is one thing. The other thing that we spread awareness about is through our, our, our entrepreneur and our, you know, networking events. We, we let people know about what other events that we are doing that brings awareness of the South Asian culture to the same profession, whether it's a medical profession or it's a, you know, lawyers or doctors, whatever, it just brings a different cultural uh, context to that profession. So as many events as we can do, which we do a lot, we, we bring, um, you know, we bring cuisines, like we, we share about, we do a spring fling, which is we have a thematic cooking competition. We introduce authors that are South Asian authors that write about things that, that it, it matters in the South Asian culture. So these are the different events that we do that brings awareness of our culture. Thanks for sharing that. And also, I was just curious, what does Ahana mean? <laughs> Ahana means the inner light, which we all possess and which we must, must share with others. I love that. I love that meaning, the inner light, because we all do have it, right? And sometimes that light gets dimmed because of our culture, society, external factors, but when we remind ourselves that we have that inner light, imagine how much we can accomplish. So I really love the meaning behind it. And as the, as the executive director, what are your primary responsibilities and how do you ensure the organization's goals are met effectively? It was started out as a solo act because I, you know, I, I, when I moved here, I didn't know anyone. I had just moved. Um, so starting with, 
you know, creating a logo, um, a website or the name and the goals, everything, um, you know, I started um, myself. And then now I have an amazing team of board members and committee members and who I call assembly. Uh, so it's, it's, it's our general group of volunteers and everyone that belongs to that. My purpose is to make sure that whatever initiatives we have taken on, they are um, divided, you know, with people who have whatever interest they want to get into. If somebody has an interest in helping at the Ahana Festival, which is Yoniki Bhat and the artist focus, uh, some other volunteers or board members are more interested in the Renaissance project, which is our another project, or in the Swans Initiative. So it just depends on what they want to do. My goal is to make sure that all of these initiatives are very clear. And if it's clear in my mind, I feel I can explain that to my board and my volunteers and my assembly that this is what we want to accomplish. So it is multifold. I mean, we also have an initiative for South Asian singles. Uh, we introduce, we, it's a social, it's a fun initiative. Uh, that's a different committee. So I oversee all of these committees, but I also pull up my sleeves and, you know, do things alongside with everybody. And that is really what I, I love to do. So I would say Thanks. I'm a, I would say I'm a, uh, a male person and the CEO. I do everything in between as well. So, <laughs> and I enjoy it. Thanks for sharing that. And it's crazy, you know, what you started by yourself and look what it's grown to, right? Having a team, creating a difference, especially for the South Asian community, which is really amazing. So, um, and what are some of the most significant challenges you have encountered while running Ahana and how have you overcome them? So as any nonprofit uh, or even a for-profit organization, the idea of you have all these things that you want to do, like um, how do you accomplish that, right? So you have to um, make sure that it's clear what you want to do. The challenges I faced, initial challenges, and this is very cultural, is resistance to the word yoni because yoni means vagina, right? Or the, the actual meaning is the womb, but because of Yoniki Bat, you know. So there's a big resistance in that. And just the fact that it's called Yoniki Bat, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to that, you know, goodness knows what they're going to talk about in there. It's it's that cringe-worthy um, approach to something that is a natural thing, that it's something that gives birth. You know, it's not something, yeah. it's not a, it's a yoni is a four letter word, but it really isn't. It's, it, it, it encompasses so many things. So I did find resistance to that. But once people started hearing what it is, once they come the next time they bring three other people and in the surveys that we bring out, you know, it, it just, it just, I encourage people to come to our Yoniki Bad presentations. The other resistance that I have found is in our Renaissance Project um, initiative, which is repurposing, recycling of Indian clothes. Indians cannot, they will be very happy to donate their clothes, but they're new or unused. They find resistance in buying something that was donated. So that's another resistance, you know, in that. But we are, we are slowly overcoming that as well. And so the initial resistance is that, oh, anything new that people are not readily accepting, uh, culturally speaking, is now gaining momentum. And now it's, you know, just by just being out there and just talking about it and spreading the word through not only one-on-one um, -on -one contact, but through all the events that we do, 
it's it's we're, we're gaining traction in now and then people are more accepting Thanks for sharing that. I know sometimes when we start something, especially in in our culture, there's a lot of taboos, right? But when we can make it, when we can learn to normalize it, then people are more accepting and kind of like what you did, right? Just keep spreading that word, Mm -hmm. keep keep inviting people and, you know, then they invite more people and then, you know, it just becomes a domino effect. So I love that you were able to do that. And Ahana focuses on providing assistance to underserved populations. As you may be well aware, collaboration and partnerships play a crucial role in the success of nonprofit organizations. Can you talk about any key collaborations AHANA has formed and how they have enhanced the impact of your work, especially the programs and initiatives that have been implemented to address the needs of the underserved communities? A few years ago, uh, after AHANA was launched with Yoniki Bat, um, I was asked, you know, what, what, I mean, what else, like, which community do you serve? It's great that you have Yoniki Bat, right? Like, but who is it that you are helping in, in, in our community? And so we launched the SWANS initiative, which is the Survivors, uh, Widows uh, Acceptance Network and Support, which basically works for the um, disenfranchised widows in India. And this is very, this is very culturally, um, you can't think about that. There are people who, in northern part of India, some parts of India, if they become a widow, they lose all rights and they are cast out by their own family. They're only expected to go to temples and chant and you know beg for alms and things, and they're really poor. So, so that is the undeserved population that we work, and we work in collaboration with NGOs that are already doing work. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to, you know, yes, I want to support that that uh, population, but that doesn't mean I need to invent something. I So we collaborate with foundations and NGOs that are already doing great work. So we support them by spreading the awareness here, fundraising, and um and, and, and supporting them there financially, depending on what their ask is. The other undes- uh, population that isn't um, easily thought of is survivors of violence, especially acid attack. I mean, yes, there are a lot of DV organizations, but acid attack is very specific. It's a heinous crime. And so we work with that nonprofit to fundraise and to support them. And it's very important for us to have, you know, collaborations with those NGOs that are not only local. We work also in the in the refugee field, in the refugee area. We work with an organization here, uh, Licensed to Freedom, and we work with them very closely. We support them in whatever way we can. And so these are our, collabor- our, our um, NGO partners, uh, globally as well as locally. Um, and we find that that's, something that we like somebody else can work with us in arts in the arts area as well like we see the need that how do we spread the awareness of unity but not only in the south asians but in other cultures so we collaborate with other other uh, you know organizations that help us like our media partners which is kpbs uh and i'm you know very happy to be um, also be associated with uh, with ACMA, which is another collaboration that really helps us, like right now, spread the awareness. Then we have arts collaborators, which is the Moxie Theater. So we, we create collaborations, including with the San Diego District Attorney's Office. We So the other awareness is also 
the things that we we face within the community, discrimination, hate crimes, fentanyl, drug abuse, sexual abuse, we bring in the DA's office to give presentations to our community, to the South Asian community. So it work, it's a two-way street. It works both ways. We not only support them, but they support us. So these collaborations with these organizations is very important, and we foster that, that relationship very closely and very compassionately and with gratitude. Thanks for sharing that. You know, it's great that you're able to have these collaborations, especially for underserved communities. I mean, you know, widowhood in India is prevalent. I remember watching the movie Water, you know, and it was about widowhood in India and, you know, how women are just totally outcasted, Mm -hmm. right? Just because, you know, their husband died and, you know, these these women, um, you know, get married at a very young, young age, right? Even as young as eight years old, or they even have newborns where they arrange the marriage. And if the husband dies, you know, they become a widow before they're even born, which That's is right. so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then acid killing or acid, yeah, acid killing is prevalent as well in, in India, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody ever talks about these 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 crimes, right? That happens. Um, and it's it's great that you're creating awareness and partnerships so that we can help these women right? We can help them have a life. We can help save lives. We can show them, you know, there's other ways to live. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful that you, you're here doing that work as well and bringing awareness. And in what ways does AHANA prioritize community engagement and involvement? Can you share some examples of how community members actively participate in the organization's activities? So we have what I call our Pipe Pipers. They firmly believe in Hana's initiatives and vision and mission. And these are women that are uh, very well connected within our community. And so we collaborate with them. We collaborate with other, um, you know, women leaders uh, to see how is it that we can work together to um, spread the awareness of what or of how we can help. And those are our very core um, promoters, uh, you know, word of mouth is more powerful than any social media thing that you can put out there. So these are the ladies that uh, I count on, I counsel from about how it is that we can make a bigger impact and how we can involve more communities. Uh, one of the things that um, I started and we we did that one year and we'll do it again, it's every two, three years, is that it's a coalition of nonprofit entities within this area. And together we created an event of supporting one other nonprofit, which is the Alpha Project. So we had, we with five or six nonprofits within this area, we collaborated together. So not only did they become a hyperlink in a newspaper article, like, okay, these are the five nonprofits that are that are working towards this, right? And towards one goal. So we're giving back to the community. Not only does that help us collaborate with each other, but support each other. That if we're having one event here, then we get support from them and vice versa. We do, I, I, we try very hard to sort of work together and say, hey, you're having this event. Let me spread the word amongst my membership and so vice versa. So connecting with people that are already doing good work in the community or they're not, they're just women leaders, you know, they're just out there. They're maybe professors, they may be healthcare, um, you know, innovators. Those are the people that we count on to um, spread the word uh, about Ahana's work and initiatives. 
I love that. And it's always great when you have people with similar visions, you know, it's just the work is easier because you're all doing it together. Um, you have the same message and it's just bigger impact as you keep doing it. And I know fundraising is an essential aspect of sustaining nonprofit organizations. What strategies has Ahana employed to secure funding and support uh, for its programs and services? So we had, um, we did have three uh, large fundraisers, I would call, I'll call them the balls. You know, we had the a purple ball, we had the um, masquerade ball and things, and we did spread, we invited a lot of people and they came and they paid and there was, you know, we, we raised funds. But we have found over the last few years, and especially during the pandemic, which was a big also, you know, relearning for a lot of organizations, nonprofits as well, that doing smaller events and reaching out to smaller communities with specific asks um, works better for us. And it spreads awareness, and this is, and the funding comes from um, not only uh, our sponsors. So our women, entre- the the networking group, many of them are sustaining sponsors, and um, there are other bigger corporations that we have volunteers in our organization, and so they will also match the volunteer, you know, hours. Then we also have personal sponsors, people that are anonymous that just support us because of the work that we're doing. So this is where our funding comes from. Grants, applying for grants is a is a new thing for me, but my team now is so strong that now we're exploring that whole arena of applying for grants and and getting funding from that. So currently our funding comes from our events that we do that we get donations at that at the, at the events. Uh, we do smaller events like salon events. We do um, just talking to um, people that believe in us and they sponsor, they donate. So that's how our, our funding is uh, throughout the year in small ways, which makes a bigger impact, I feel. Yeah, I love that. Um, thanks for sharing those uh, fundraising tips. And as a founder of Ahana, what has been the most rewarding aspect of seeing the organization grow and make a difference in people's lives? Going back to why Ahana was formed, Yonigiba. It was something that I, you know, was very passionate about bringing subjects into a, a, an area where there are it, there's discussions and uh, conversations are started, you know, discussions are started. And a couple of years later, I re- I launched um, Menologues, which is very unique to Hana, very unique to San Diego. Menologues literally is men saying their stories in a monologue form. That's why it's called Menologues. Mm-hmm. And so I created that space for men as well to share that same stage with Yonikibak. To me, that's a really big um, very satisfying thing, um, that instinct that I follow, that it has been accepted so so widely accepted. And and I, I see, I see how people now can see that even men can can emote on stage and they can tell their stories just as well as women. So that's a very satisfying part of what I do at Ahana. The other thing that I see that has really impacted other uh, long-term effects is the Renaissance Project. So the, the donations that we get of Indian clothing, uh, this is our other initiative, is 
it's shipped to, like we send it to widows for their repurposing. They repurpose it into saris, you know, into pillowcases and runners and bags and things, and they sell it on Etsy. And to see that things that we have donated and they're getting their um, sustenance from that uh, and actually going to India where we ship all these clothes and handing it out to those poor people, which is what the whole project is, is to collect clothes and ship them with the sponsorship and the grants to India. And that is then it's distributed all over by our partner NGO. And that actually I've been there. I go see the widows projects. I see the, the acid attack projects to see how our fundraising and our support has impacted them in the long run. And to see actually handing out clothes to the to the um, people that we're sending the clothes for. So all these things, to see them from when we started it and how it's ended and how it has really supported that community, it encourages us to to grow more, to reach out, you know, to a wider audience and the wider community. And that's very, it's, it's really amazingly satisfying. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what advice would you give to individuals who are passionate about starting their own nonprofit organization, particularly in the realm of community service and social impact? I have been talking to some people that come to me and say, hey, you know, I have this idea. I think that this this needs addressing. There's a, a need in the community, right? There's something that they can do. They're passionate about doing community service or even starting something. How do I start my nonprofit? Well, it's a lot of work. I have to first say that, okay? It's very important to understand that, that starting a nonprofit isn't like starting your own business, which has a different set of rules. There are a lot of compliances and regulations and rules. And it's very important to be connected to an organization. First of all, that helps you. More importantly than that is the belief that what you want to do is going to make a difference, whether it's in a small way or in a large way, because everything starts with a seed and it'll grow as long as you nurture it. And the nurturing comes not only from your vision and your passion for doing something in the community. Look, community service is something that I'm very passionate about. Anything that you want to, you see somewhere that some some need is is has to be met and you have an idea for it, go for it. But make sure that you have your family support. That is so important. Family and, and, and of course, your friends, you know, that's where it starts. That's where the support system starts. It's very important to do that. Um, and of course, you've got to make sure that you know people that can support you financially too, right? That's also important. But the most important thing, I think, to start a nonprofit, to do a community service is to have the passion to make a difference in, in any way possible. So if you do... I would say go for it and reach out to as many people in your network, you know, talk about it all the time. Don't be shy. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. But remember, when you're asking, when you're asking for money for your organization, you're not asking for yourself. You're asking to make a difference. So I would say I learned, I mean, it's also a learning curve for me. Yes, I'm not asking money for me. So when you do a nonprofit, you want to do good work, go for it. But just make sure you have support and, you know, vision. Looking ahead, what are your aspirations and goals for AHANA in the coming years? And how do you envision the organization's impact expanding and evolving? So the two big projects that, so flagship project is Yonigiba. And now with Menelongs added to it, it's already developed into what, from what it was to the possibilities of what it could be. 
by that, I mean that we have bigger plans for uh, Yonikibat and Menelok stage. And hopefully, you know, when we have our, our next event, we'll have more engagement from the community. Uh, but the storytelling and bringing more diverse storytelling, the more subjects that people refuse to talk about or refuse to acknowledge exists in our community, whether it's, you know, how do you deal with uh, people with autism or, uh, you know, how do you approach somebody who's in a wheelchair? These are things that we need to talk about, right? So these are the stories that we're going to reach out to LGBTQ. Any of that subject, anything that requires an actual in-your-face conversation, you know, I mean, literally see it. And that's one thing is to to scale Yonikibat and Menelogs. And actually, we've been invited to a many um, cities around the U.S. to stage it. So hopefully we will have a sisterhood of the traveling Yonis is what I like to call it. And hopefully we'll be staging it in different cities, including the Menelogs. Um, that's for Yonikibat and Menelogs. The Renaissance Project is is going to be something that is sustaining because it's an environmentally sound initiative and there isn't anybody in the U.S. that is that does it as, you know, as in a larger scale that we have now learned that we need to do. We get calls every single day for people from all over the U.S. They find us. We are the only ones. Ahana is the only one that has that initiative. So we're hoping that we can have, you know, clearing houses, uh, donation locations in, you know, the four corners of the U.S. And that's a big goal and uh, big shoes to fill. So hopefully we'll we'll meet that with, you know, with the support from our community. Sometimes we got to put big goals out there just to make things happen. So thanks for sharing that. And, you know, if our listeners wanted to learn more about Ahana's or no, is there a website they can go to? Yes, it's exactly that, ahana.org, which is A-H-A-A-N-A dot O-R-G. Um, all our events are on there. Um, you may engage with us, call us if you hear of anything that needs, you know, in the South Asian community or even other community because we work with it. We don't turn anybody down um, in any way that we can help. And we also say, yes, um, you know, check out our Renaissance project. And a lot of people are hearing about that. But most importantly, come to our next event, which is always the first weekend in May at the USD Peace and Justice Theater, uh, our Yoniki Bath and Menologs. That's our event, which is an annual event. So be on the lookout, sign up for a newsletter and join us and, and join the conversation. Thank you so much, Nanda, for being on our show today. It was such an honor to hear about your story and how you started Ahana, which is really, you know, creating a difference in the South Asian community. So thank you so much today for gracing your presence and sharing your wisdom. It's my pleasure. And thank you for having me here today. To learn more about Nanda, you can also visit ahana.org. We would love to hear from you, our valued listeners, about any suggestions for future guests or topics. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Pacific Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our Asian and Pacific Islander communities with a voice through media arts. If you'd like to support our program, please visit AsianPacificVoicesRadio.com. I'm Sheena Yapchan, and I thank you for listening. Please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Pacific Voices radio show. Until then, take care, everyone.